Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Jets are making moves here and are in a good spot, right? We assume they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Well, because you said he was coming here, but we assume eventually that trade is going to go through. And now you see some of the moves that have followed, whether it's bringing in Lazard, whether it is now moving uh, Eli Moore, which I'm terribly disappointed in the way that everything went down with Elijah Moore. I mean, I thought for certain he was going to be the guy that the Jets finally hit on in the draft. All the intangibles, all the stuff that you read about him, heard about him coming out of college. He was, to me, going to be a stud-wide receiver. In his rookie year, he showed some signs. And, you know, look, you can talk about the quarterback play and all that stuff. But also last year, with more, you know, being a malcontent, demanding a trade, not being happy, getting into it with coaches, those were very disappointing things. And, you know, it's sad to see it come to this point yet again where the Jets miss out on a a number two or a, a second-round pick with a wide receiver. I mean, it's just unbelievable how this... I don't care what general manager it is, what year it is. The Jets just cannot draft a wide receiver in the second round to save their life. So they move Eli Moore, and they end up getting a pick back. Now, I know they had to trade Eli with a third-rounder to get a second-round pick back. But still, to me, although I think Moore can be a very productive receiver in this league, if he gets his head on straight and, and focuses and... You know, was happy with the quarterback play, whatever it may be in Cleveland. So I think he could be a productive receiver, but he has zero value right now. So the fact that Joe Douglas, or at least not anywhere near what you would think the value should be for a guy that they took in the second round with the high expectations and high hopes for him. So they at least get back a second round pick. Yes, they had to give a third to do it, but now they have two twos this year. And that leads you to think, okay, well, maybe this is another piece that they could move to the Packers to get this Aaron Rodgers deal done once and for all. And it's going to get done. I mean, everybody seems like no big deal. It's just a matter of time now. And Some people think the Packers will blink. Some people think the Jets will blink first. It doesn't really matter. What matters is what is the compensation going to be. The Jets likely are not going to have to give up that 13th overall pick, which if they could get Rodgers without that, that is a win for Joe Douglas. And I'll tell you, one thing I do love about Joe Douglas, you have to trust him in these trades. Guy has been a machine in these trades. Always seeming to get great value back. He knows what he's doing. 
So let's just say that, okay, that pick, you know, and obviously the Jets with Mikael Hardman bringing him in to replace Eli Moore in the slot. So now you have a veteran receiver in the slot. You have Alan Lazard, who's a physical receiver. Garrett Wilson, who's an absolute stud. I'm expecting they're going to cut Corey Davis at some point. But all those moves, clearly with Aaron Rodgers at the forefront of the thought process. The only thing that I don't like is the idea, and this was on SNY.TV, Connor Hughes had it, who covers both the Jets and the Giants for SNY.TV. He was saying that the interest from the Jets in Odell Beckham Jr. is, quote, real. What the hell are they doing? Stay away from OBJ. Now, I get it. It's tempting to a certain extent because of Odell Beckham Jr.'s talent, his explosiveness. Now, we're also assuming that he's going to be healthy coming off the ACL, which we don't know how healthy. He had issues last year. Remember, he was going to try to sign on, but nobody wanted to. He didn't really want to work out. Nobody wanted to give him an opportunity. So now he should be fully healthy, we would think. And who knows what the demands are going to be. You know, he said it's not going to be $20 million per year like the rumors were. You're likely going to have to overpay for Odell Beckham Jr. And A, we need to figure out where he's at physically. B, do you really want the headache? Because one thing that has been constant about Odell Beckham Jr. has been that he has been a problem. Now, the Rams, yes, they won a Super Bowl with him, and he was a big key before getting injured Early on in that Super Bowl, of course, he was a key for them in the postseason, but he wasn't there all year long. He got dumped there, and McVay was able to get the most out of him. He was an impact player in the postseason, helped him get to the Super Bowl, and maybe he was going to be on his way to a big Super Bowl, but he gets hurt early on. Now, we know that he's got difference-making talent, or had it prior to the injury. We expect that maybe he could get back to that difference-making talent afterward, but He's been a problem everywhere he's been for an extended period. Even a problem without a team. Now, I don't know Odell Beckham Jr. personally. Maybe he's the greatest guy in the world. I'm not saying he's not a good guy. And I'm not saying he's done anything criminally wrong or anything horrible like that. But I do know that Odell Beckham Jr. is always about Odell Beckham Jr. And I also know that Odell has never, ever once taken accountability for his actions. Whether it's, you know, the stupid proposing to the net on the field, kicking the net, being selfish uh, on the field, off the field, the airplane incident. It's never, ever Odell. He just happens to somehow find his way into these situations. Now, he is a mega star. So he does command attention, but he also wants attention. And that, to me, is a potential major problem. If you combine Aaron Rodgers and some of the stuff that's going to you know, happen with him here, the attention that he commands, if you combine Aaron Rodgers with Odell Beckham Jr., yeah, on the field, it sounds like it could be an unbelievable combination, right? But there can be major, major issues. I'm not saying between the two, 
but major issues when you have those types of personalities that have been, and look, it really, it's Odell. I mean, Rodgers has been quirky, uh, difficult, but I don't know if I would put him in the same category as Odell as far as being a problem at times. Rodgers could be selfish, could be difficult, whatever, all those different things. Odell is another level of trouble. And Tom Coughlin couldn't command the respect of Odell Beckham Jr. And nobody since, like I said, McVay for a shortened period. What makes you think Robert Sala and the Jets are going to be able to control Odell Beckham Jr.? The only spot that I would trust Odell in would be with a with a coach like Belichick. There is no coach like Belichick. But would be in a spot like the Patriots or with the Chiefs with Andy Reid. And establish, no doubt about it, no nonsense, head coach. And the Jets don't have that. Odell comes here. It is, you know, and not to mention the impact that it could have on Garrett Wilson. Where that could be a negative impact. And speaking of Garrett Wilson and Mecole Hardman and Alan Lazard, do the Jets really need Odell Beckham Jr.? I will. I don't want Odell back for the Giants, and obviously that would be you know nostalgic. And I know Giant fans love Odell, right or wrong. Giant fans love him. I don't want Odell Beckham Jr. anywhere near the Giants, and I certainly don't want him anywhere near the Jets at this moment. You can make a better case for the Jets, I think, because of Aaron Rodgers. Giants, the better case would be because Brian Dable. You trust Shane and Dable if they wanted to bring Odell in. With the Jets, though, it's about Aaron Rodgers. But still. It's not worth the headache. It's not worth the potential problem. And at the end of the day, I hate that phrase, but I'll just use it there for fun. At the end of the day, do they really need him? Do the Jets really need Odell Beckham Jr.? When you have Garrett Wilson, who's emerging as a superstar wide receiver in this league? No, they don't. So while their interest may be real, and while Aaron Rodgers may say, well, who wouldn't want to play with Odell? The truth is we here in New York know Odell Beckham Jr. a lot better than most. And he never changed. Even when he got the contract that he wanted, he never changed. Even when he got traded to Cleveland, he never changed. He was the problem at times. You know, Odell's so great. What did he do in Cleveland? I know we're going to blame everybody but him, right? It's Because it's never him. The flight on the plane, the, the, the issue on the plane, on his flight, never him. It's everybody else. Despite him making fun of people on the plane in clear as day. I mean, we saw it on the video. And I don't care, oh, you didn't hear what happened before that. There's no excuse to behave the way that you did. But it's never him. It's always somebody else. What do you think is going to happen? Similar to Kyrie, where Kyrie was a problem. And I'm not comparing issues here, but I'm just saying where Kyrie was a problem in Cleveland, in Boston, and people didn't want to think it was going to carry over to Brooklyn, right? Because you got caught up in the talent. And we know how talented Kyrie is. And what happened? Turned out to be a problem again. Because it's never Kyrie. And then what happens? Dallas thinking that they could fix him. And guess what? Kyrie's got some issues there already. 
What do you think is going to happen with Odell Beckham Jr. if he comes to the Jets? I'm begging the Jets not to go down this road. Do not sell your soul here. Taking a risk with Aaron Rodgers, a little bit of a different story, because they desperately needed a quarterback. And Rodgers is a no-doubt Hall of Fame quarterback. And while he may be difficult at times, Rodgers has not had the issues with the selfishness that Odell Beckham Jr. has showed. He has not had the issues with the immaturity that Odell Beckham Jr. has continued to show. And the Jets just don't need him. They have enough with the wide receiving core right now, as a matter of fact. They may add to it still. They may tweak it a little bit. But right now, they're set. Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Miko Hardman, that's a solid three right there. A versatile three for Aaron Rodgers. There is no need to go down the path of bringing in Odell Beckham Jr. and risking a potential problem. And I hate to even say that because when Odell got another opportunity outside of New York, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, but he continued to do the same crap. And he wasn't even an impactful player for Cleveland. You could, you might be able to deal with it if he's an impactful player, but he wasn't even that. And people will point to the Rams. Yeah, he was a difference maker in the postseason on a ready-made team with a veteran quarterback and a head coach who, at least for the limited time that he was with him, was able to have Odell be a good teammate and be an impactful player. I'm not sure that's going to be the case anywhere else, especially with Robert Sala and the Jets. 877-337-6666. Just getting started. Got a five-hour show for you. Going to 5 a.m. So whatever it is that you want to discuss on this Thursday morning now. Ooh, it's officially Thursday. You know what that means. One week from today, it is opening day. One of the great days in all of sports. Baseball that counts. Baseball that means something. After all these exhibition games this spring, baseball that finally means something with the Mets and Yankees getting underway one week from today. It's been a long offseason, but we've made it. 877-337-6666. Issues for both the Mets and Yankees. Most of the Yankees going into the season where they have had a, a rough spring. But anyway, we'll get into that. The Mets, Yankees, we'll get into a little bit of the Knicks. They had another bad loss in Miami last night. Look, they're going to be in the playoffs, and that's the most important thing. They're going to be a five seed. Um, but, you know, right now the Knicks haven't been playing enough defense and starting to discourage you a little bit from where even if you go back a week ago, it was like, oh, the Knicks could go on a run in the playoffs now. It's like, eh, you know what, maybe they're not that good, in fact. They're good, but maybe not that good. 877-337-6666. Odell Beckham Jr. starting the conversation and the Jets moves. Eli Moore, Nicole Hardman, the Jets, baby. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of car. They are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Start of the show talking about Odell Beckham Jr. and the Jets and the possibilities there. I don't think it's realistic that it's going to happen, but I was surprised to read that report that Connor Hughes had for SNY.TV that their interest in Odell is real. Now, who knows what exactly that means? I'm sure Odell has interest in returning to New York. I'm sure he's got interest in teaming up with Aaron Rodgers. The feeling is mutual. You heard what Aaron Rodgers said a couple of weeks ago, whenever that was last week now, I guess it was. With, uh, you know, on the McAfee show. So maybe there is, you know, reality to those two wanting to team up. Is it going to be able to fit? Are the Jets going to be able to pay Odell what he wants? I don't know. But for me, I would look to go elsewhere. There's no need. You got Garrett Wilson. Let him be the stud. You don't need that attention-craving, selfish troublemaker with Odell Beckham Jr. Steve is calling from Long Island. Good morning, Steve. Hey, Sal. It's good to hear you tonight. How are you, Steve? I'm doing well. Hope you're feeling good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I don't want Odell uh, with the Jets. Uh, he's trouble. I also don't think he's really uh, the same receiver that he once was. I'm not sure that uh, he can offer the Jets much. I do like the two pickups. Uh, I like uh, Hardman, and uh, I like Lazard uh, with uh, Wilson. I think they're okay, as you said. But I really want to talk to you about uh, Willis Reed. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like uh, at my age, uh, every other day, another athlete uh, from my youth, professional athlete, is passing on. And, you know, well, you're getting old. Yeah, well, I'm getting old. It's 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 depressing, but I- I'm telling you that. Did you watch that- the game last night? Because I thought the. Uh, the the Knicks broadcast, specifically Breen and Clyde, did just an excellent job remembering Willis and telling stories. Yeah, Clyde was both of them. Uh, Clyde and Breen were both getting emotional. I thought it was a fantastic tribute. Um, you know, just talking about Clyde's memories with Willis Reed. Yeah, I watched a little bit at the beginning. I, I can't sit through the games. I, I just uh, I can't sit through NBA. I contrast that to. Uh, 
the days of Clyde and Willis when I couldn't get enough of the Knicks. And uh, what I want to say is that it's just uh, every other day it seems like another one of the uh, ball players from my youth is going, and uh, it's very, very depressing. But I don't think any of them have hit me to the extent that uh, Willis is passing. It's not Seaver, not Don Maynard, hmm. uh, going back not to push. There's something about uh, Reed's passing. Yeah, why do you think that is? I, I don't. I'm not quite sure. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to cons- uh, figure it out, and I don't know what the reason is. But there's something about his passing more than Bill Russ, more than any of them, that has really, really hit me hard. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, I mean, well, I can't tell you either. And thank you for the call, Steve. I, I appreciate you checking in. I can't tell you why that is either. I mean, we went over it a little bit last night with Willis Reed and all that he meant to the city, obviously to the Knicks organization, the greatest player, you could argue, greatest player in franchise history. You can't argue that it's top three uh, with Reed, Clyde, and Ewing. Those would be the top three. And, you know, Willis Reed was the captain for the only two championships in the history of the franchise. Plus, the way that he played the game, the effort, giving 110% every single night, that was the most important thing. Obviously, Game 7, 1970 uh, finals against the Lakers coming out of the tunnel. We all know that. You, you learn that growing up, even if you're somebody of my age. Uh, but I'm not sure. I can't speak, Steve, to why it resonated more with you than some of the others. Uh, I mean, look, for me, now, it's a little different with... My perspective and yours, Steve, is you're a little bit older than I am. I didn't watch, although I guess I did watch Seaver a little bit toward the very end as I was a a young kid. But, you know, I didn't live through the prime of Tom Seaver. I I didn't watch Willis Reed play. So I knew about those guys. And because I grew up a bigger baseball fan, maybe Seaver hit home a little bit more. Even learning about, you know, when Mickey Mantle passed away, that was a big deal. That was obviously a long time ago, but I remember that being a big deal. To where even as a Met fan, I wore a Yankee hat that day with a, um, I wrote number seven on the hat in chalk. I don't even know why the hell did I have a Yankee hat. I must have had it for some kind of uniform or something. Um, anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, it's never easy dealing with death, especially when it's part of your childhood. It's a, a, a sign right in, you know, right in your face that you're getting older. Tough to take sometimes. So obviously it's sad for everybody, but I thought Breen and Clyde did an excellent job. And just raw emotion and great storytelling from both those guys. Breen, of course, growing up a huge Knicks fan and then becoming the play-by-play guy, and Clyde, who played with Willis. Eddie's calling from Los Angeles. Good morning, Eddie. Sal, what's up, man? How are you, Eddie? Sal, you're going to be my best friend. Are you a a Jets fan? Uh, Well, I mean, I root for the Jets. Did I grow up a Jets fan? No, I did not. But I've been rooting for the Jets roughly since 98. I grew up an Atlanta Falcons fan, but I root for the Jets all the time now. Well, I went to school in Atlanta, but mm. you're gonna be you're gonna be my best friend. But yes, we we don't need Odell OBJ. We don't need him. We we're we're right where we the three wide receivers that we got. In my opinion, it's perfect. And then at first, when I heard the trade today, I said, "Why didn't they send Sims and keep more? Because more is better." But then that makes sense. Because Sims is the big target 
that you can throw in the corner of the end. You're talking about Mims? Oh, I, Mims. Denzel Mims, yeah. Denzel Mims. Well, but he doesn't have the value that Eli Moore does. And even we could talk about the decreased value from Eli Moore. You know, Denzel Mims is, he might get cut. I mean, you know, he, he was on the verge of being a total bust. Eli Moore still got potential, but was a little bit of a malcontent. Okay, but even so, if he makes the team, he's a big target. Mm-hmm. He's 6'3", three, six, four. The guy, the guy you need in, in in the corner of the end zone. Sometimes I don't know why they never do that much anymore. But well, they haven't that, had a quarterback. What, I mean, that's the problem. They haven't had anybody to throw the ball. So now you're going to have it. and now yeah. we're going to have Aaron Rodgers, and that's my point. And I think I think they were. I think the Jets. It makes sense that the Jets were talking to um 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 OBJ. But I think that they were only going to get let him come in at at, at a bargain price, and because they got Hartman at, at, with six six point five. And I think OB, what I heard was OBJ wanted around $10 million. Um, I, I think that's the reason why. Well, remember, though, they're, different, they're different players. Mikal Hardman is going to fill the void in the slot that is now there because Eli Moore was traded. So basically, the Jets traded their slot receiver to get another pick. They traded him end to pick to get a higher pick in the second round. And they replaced him with Hardman. So now you still have, okay, Eli Moore is replaced with Hartman. You could still have a potential need at wide receiver. They're going to eventually cut Corey Davis. I feel comfortable in saying that. I don't know that for certain, but I think that they might. Good. No, no, I just said I feel the same way. Go ahead. Right, so I I feel like they might do that, which means they might need another wide receiver. Now, do they need a top wide receiver? I don't think so, but if Odell's willing to come here for the right price, maybe they can make that happen but the report is that it is the interest in Odell is real that is the report from Connor Hughes of SNY.tv well I just hope they I hope they get somebody else because I, I think that's just too many star wide receivers uh, 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 with one ball and OD, o, OBJ if he doesn't get the ball enough he's going to start complaining agree and just really, and just and just one quick point on on um, Willis Reed mm-hmm. he's Absolutely, the greatest Nick of all time. I watched Patrick Ewing his entire career, but Ewing would be no. third for sure. But would you put Willis over Walt? Absolutely, because okay. Walt is the only Nick who has won MVP. He won Rookie of the Year. He's won MVP. He got two um, um, MVP, um, two um, 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 NBA Finals mm-hmm. MVPs. You know, even though he didn't have the longevity, and you know what I'm saying? Because if he only played those 10 years, but still, the, to get those awards, those are big-time awards. No, I get and that. I'm saying, the- yeah, Clyde would be the only one that I would put, um, it, it, you know, it, it's either Clyde or Willis Clyde, Reed. I put Clyde, I put Clyde second. It's okay. Willis, Clyde, and then Ewing. Because Clyde came up at the biggest time, at the biggest game, and, and to, to, to get that 38, 17, and 9, whatever it is, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do. And and just really quick, and then I'll run and let you go. Um, um, Mike Breen, and in my opinion, Mike Breen and Walt Clyde Frazier, they're the best commentators uh, uh, on TV. Actually, they're 1A, and then 1B one, one, one to me is... Is um is Mark Jackson um uh, um Van Gundy? And yeah, Clyde. I mean, well, thank-, I mean, you, uh, thank you for the call, Eddie. We appreciate you checking in. 
Uh, I'm not going to go over the announcer rankings. I'll just say that, I, look, I don't think you, Breen and, and Claude is, I mean, that's a pair that's as good as it gets. I think the Nets broadcast is excellent as well with Ian and Sarah. They do a great job. I personally, my favorite crew growing up was Marv and John Andrews. But that's because I, you know, look, it's Marv, number one. And I grew up with those two, Marvin and, and Johnny Andrews, Johnny Hoops. But, I mean, if you watched specifically last night, I thought Breen and Clyde were perfection during the Knicks Heat game. Chris is calling from Beacon. Good morning, Chris. Long time. Where you been? Where you been? Um, you know, away. Flying around, hanging out in Florida, hanging out with uh, general managers, you know, getting the insight of what's going on with everything. Living yeah, that well, yeah, it was uh, it was a nice weekend. I'll tell you that. Hanging out with Terry Collins and then talking with Buck and Billy Epler. It yeah. was a fun weekend. Nice stuff. Oh, I didn't hear you last night. You came back, but uh, how did uh, Buck take the uh, the sweater? He left. I mean, he he tried <laughs> he tried to play it cool, but then at the end, when I said, "All right, I don't want to take up too much of your time," Mary Buck missed. He laughed and said, "Yeah, I, I hear you yelling it, and I uh, you know I see you. I don't want to see the hoodie or whatever." He was trying to make it like he didn't want to acknowledge the hoodie, but he saw it. All right, good stuff. Um, so I mean, let me let me talk Jets, I, let me, and then let me get to this this World Baseball show. Oh, jeez. Um, I know I have to. I have to. I haven't spoke to you about it since all this stuff is going on. Um, I don't want to take too much time with the Jets because you probably have a lot of people hold. I'm us- I don't usually call this early. Um, so with the Jets, basically, you know, look to get OBJ. I don't care. You know, I, I don't really want him. We got rid of more because I think he was more of a problem. You know, and he was wanted to be traded. So, well, but they needed the pick, too. Now, wait a second. Why yeah. are you okay with Odell Beckham Jr.? What if he were to go to well, the Giants? Well, Would you be okay if he goes to the Giants? Well, you know why he won't go to the Giants? Why? Same reason. Well, what does he do? What's his position? Yeah, well, I know. What, you're saying Daniel Jones can't throw on the football? He's not a, he's not a quarterback. Yeah. You know, a guy, a guy's throwing 15 touchdowns in a year. How much is, is yeah, OBJ going to get one you're, of those? You're not, that's not being fair to Daniel Jones. I'm just saying that you are a Giants hater, obviously. Yeah, I hate him. So, right, so if you don't want Odell to go there, but you're like, yeah, you know what, I'll take him. Then well, because not... I think he'll, he'll, he's going he's gonna, he's gonna to respect uh, Rodgers. Okay. And and be just, be just just who Aaron Rodgers is. He's Maybe. respect that. Respect that person, and I would give him a one year. Like they've been throwing away, throwing around one year contracts now. So you know, give him a one year, and, and if he's a problem, he's gone. The he's next year, he's you know? probably and, gonna want. Now I don't know exactly what he wants. Let's just guess, but he's gonna probably want multi year guaranteed deal. I'm if, not doing that. Yeah. So that's not, we don't need it. Like, like I told you before, you left on vacation. We were talking about. I was telling you that. Yeah. Well, you know, players are tweeting out there's gonna be a package deal, and look already. Um, you know, you got Lazard. I think that next day after we spoke. So this is, you know, and he wants probably a few more players that he knows that, you know, that he has a good, uh, you know, relationship with, that, you know, and this is stuff that he's been telling Green Bay to do for years, and they they didn't do it. Like you said, they they chose to, uh, you know, want want to draft a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, just you know, idiotic, like right? Yeah, and they're embarrassing themselves. You know, at least he came out and expo- everyone we were everyone was killing Rodgers. He's being selfish and all this. And they're embarrassing themselves right now. They came out and clearly said they don't want him. He came out and said, I don't want you to take the regime that I drafted me. I, you know, I don't want you guys. And they're sitting there, you know, whatever they're asking for. You know, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers might expose it at some point. But they're, what do they want? They want the 13 pick? I don't care. Give, give them the pick. They have you to might, but the Jets done. should the I'll Jets should be able to get him without giving that up. And if you yeah. could do that, you're even in a better spot. The Jets, look, the Jets are loading up here. 
This yeah, is no joke. I, Jets are loading up. They're going to have a team that can legitimately compete in the AFC. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to call you. I can't wait to talk to Fleeks when this goes on. Mm. I'm telling you, I am I am excited for this. Um, let me tell you what I'm not excited about now. Let's move on. Um, I'm I'm down right now on the Mets, and obvious reasons. And I know people have been killing you over this World Baseball thing and all that. Well, they're not. I, I mean, I don't know. What, people, what, killing me where? What are you talking about? I mean, I'm, I was here for five hours. Oh, I had one. Well, because you're calling it like a worthless baseball thing. They, yeah, but, that, but it's worthless to me. It, it doesn't it's mean well, anything in the grand scheme of the Major League Baseball season, which is what I care about. So I, I don't understand. How, it's not even debatable. Well, yeah, this, but that's my problem is that people think if, you, if, you, if people don't want to watch it or don't care for it, it, there's a problem with you. You must accept it. Right. Well, my problem is is you don't put the $100 million players out there, okay? And, look, when you filled in with, with Jerry, Jerry's my guy. I love Jerry. But we can't sit there and say you have to keep people in bubbles. You, you know, you can slip on a banana peel. It did not happen. He was in a place he didn't have to be. And this could happen in spring training. I'd rather happen there in a Mets uniform while they're training. Correct. Well, while look, he's getting and, paid to play yeah, for that team. It's and, a big and me, difference. And Sal, these Yankee fans, and I'm going to bring up the Yankee fans right now because, you know what, give me a yes or no real quick, Sal. And I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna, a couple more things for you let me go. But yes or no. How many hits did Aaron Judge get during this World Baseball Classic? Yeah, well, I mean, I love that no. Aaron Judge didn't. Good for Aaron Judge. Yes. Judge become one of my but, favorite players. And, yes, exactly. Because and how many how many uh, strikeouts did Scherzer get there? Did Cole get there? Did Verlander get there? None, because they didn't. They weren't playing. They weren't there. Okay, they're getting training for their season to get to a World Series. Now, another thing here: if Aaron Judge did go play. And he and he tore his ACL. Yankee fans would be losing their mind. You know why? Their season is over. It's done, and they'll be moving on to. They'll be have to wait till next I year. I do think that there. Look again, Chris. As you know, I mean, this has been an argument now for about a week here. But I do think there are many um, different layers to it, and yeah. the Met fan is going to be now. This is not why. I am against the WBC. And by the way, I'm not even against the WBC. And thanks for the call, Chris. I got to move on here. Uh, I gave you too much time. You said you don't want to talk about the Jets. You want to talk about the Jets for five minutes. But anyway, I appreciate you checking in. I am not even anti-WBC. There's this this thought process where people have a problem listening. They hear what they want to hear. And you're also right about people wanting everybody else to do what they want or what they think is right. It doesn't work like that. You do what you want to do. I'll do what I want to do. If I want to watch it, I'll watch it. If I don't, I don't. If I want to care about it, I will. You want to care about it, you will. But I don't care about it. To the extent of, yeah, I watched the ninth inning last night, and I did think it was entertaining with Otani and Trout. How could you not think that it was entertaining? Was it a historic at bat and matchup? No, because the game didn't mean anything. It's an exhibition game. So no, I, I don't. I don't find that, and and I didn't care about the result. I was happy for Otani. You could tell that. I thought it was cool that Otani said, you know, he gave the speech before the before the game to his team, saying like, let's not look up to them on this particular night. Let's go show them that we're equal, we're better. You know, meaning the, the uh, Japan baseball players, I guess, look up to the Americans because well, why? Because they're they play Major League Baseball which is supposed to be the pinnacle, despite what some of these players have been saying about the, the World Baseball Classic. Anyway, so I thought it was a great moment for Otani and for Japan, and they won the World Baseball Classic. Cool, all right, let's move on. Like, Did anybody get bothered that Trout struck out? Oh, no. Where in the postseason, when the Yankees got swept away by the Astros, how did the Yankee fans feel? I'm pretty sure they were upset. 
when the Mets got embarrassed by the Braves and got swept out of Atlanta, blew the division, and then got bounced in the wild card round, how were Mets fans feeling? Was it like, eh, all right, we'll get them next year? Or was it, oh, my God, this is a disaster. I can't believe that that just happened. So that, to me, is care. That is where passion, that's investment as a fan in years. That's all that I'm saying. doesn't mean that the World Baseball Classic should go away. It doesn't mean that it's a horrible tournament with no value whatsoever. Just to me, I don't have any care in it. And the other part that we were starting to talk about where we were talking about Judge not playing in it there's no doubt that the Met fan is hurt more. Well, do the math. I mean, what team in Major League Baseball was affected most by the WBC? I'll give you a hint. They wear blue and orange and they play in New York. Like, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure it out that the Mets were the most impacted team. Obviously, the Astros losing Altuve for 8 to 10 weeks, but the Mets lost their closer for the entire year. That's a big problem. If it happened to the Yankees or another team, those fan bases would be a little angry as well. But there's a different argument whether you're angry at the result of an injury that took place at the WBC or just whether or not you care about the WBC on the level that the players or certain media members are caring about it. And even if you don't, like I don't, it doesn't mean that it's a bad tournament or a, an awful product, it just means that eh, I don't necessarily care about it. I'll watch it maybe if it's on, but I'm not going to make a point to because the result doesn't really impact us here that care about Major League Baseball first and foremost. Now, a lot of people did get into it. Good for them. I was not one of them. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Kind of back on the fan, 877-337-6666. A week away from opening day, and the Yankees don't have a starting shortstop. How is that the case? I get, look, I think it's still going to be Peraza, although if you're going based on spring training and who's earned it, Anthony Volpe has put up the spring to warrant getting the start at shortstop for the Yankees this year. But, Think of it this way for a second. And look, I still know the Yankees are going to be a good team. And there are moves to be made. And I trust Cashman is going to go out there and acquire, whether it's a, a, an outfielder or a left fielder specifically, or whatever other, you know, maybe an arm in that rotation to add some more depth. Think about what's gone on, though, with the Yankees this spring. They come into spring training with the number one, I mean, maybe number two, but a, a lot of people were saying it was the number one starting rotation in Major League Baseball. And then they get hit hard by injury. Then they lose their starting center fielder. And I thought the move with Bader last year where people were knocking it, it was a great trade by Cashman at the time. Bader paid dividends immediately in the postseason. But you look around at the lack of quality center fielders in Major League Baseball, Bader is a solid, legit center fielder. 
He gets hurt. He's not going to be there. Yankees admitted themselves. Cashman said it coming into the season. They needed a left fielder. They didn't get one. So now they're a left fielder short and a center fielder short. They're taking their failed shortstop from a year ago and trying to put him in center field in IKF. And they're trying to find a rookie to play shortstop. I mean, it is it is messy for the Yankees one week from opening day. 877-337-6666. Big parties on Long Island. What's up, big party? What's up, my man? What's going on? What's up, big party? All right, all right. Can I call you BP? Or where, where are we getting the big party nickname from? Where does that come from? All right. So real quick, that comes back from my college days. I used to party a lot. I used to go to a lot of events. Couple of friends used to follow, you know, try to get in the club, and then one day one of them says, "I'm with that big party over there." Because I have to laid out, and then from there it just took off. Everybody was like, "Yo, we just gotta call you Big Party," because every time we go somewhere, you're with a big entourage. I like it. And, All right, works for me. Uh, yeah, now I'm married, two kids, so now my big party's my family. <laughs> now we're gonna call you BPO. Big party's over. <laughs> All right, so check this out. I'm down in spring training this past uh, weekend. Hmm. And I see your shiny ball head on the field, walking with some guy with a big beard. And I call you out. I say, Sal, Sal Licata. And you turn around like a little spooked. And that was me and my son out by the picnic area over there. Yeah, I, well, didn't I wave to you in the stands? Yes, yeah. yes. At the same, yeah, you threw, you threw up a, a wave sign on me. Yeah. And I said, you know. And it was weird because I worked the night shift. And I said to myself, I wonder if I'm going to run into him. I heard that you were going down. You were contemplating if you're going to get out early. Mm-hmm. I forget who. I don't, I don't remember which which show, which segment it was on. Yeah, I did, was doing that on the morning show uh, that Friday right. morning. And I, when did you get down there? I got there Thursday. Okay, so I, I left Friday right after the morning show. And then I got down there and I saw you Friday when I was walking on the field, right? That was Friday? Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it was good to see you. And I said, oh, you know, I told my, I told my son. I've seen, uh, who's the other guy from the morning, the 10 o'clock show with, um, T- with Tiki? Tierney? I saw him over, yeah, Tierney, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw him also at, at Yankee Stadium one time. And well, it was more like, exciting Tierney? seeing me, wasn't it? <laughs> 100%. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's what I want to talk about. So yeah. we, the Mets, you know, 101 wins. We got the same lineup going out there. We replaced the Grom with Quintana. We couldn't come into Grom. Quintana will be joining us in July. So that's one for one. Right? Now, with Verlander, he looks good. Scherzer look amazing. I went to the Houston. They played in Houston the other day. Um, oh, you should have picked me up. I would have went to that game. You saw that one? Yeah, I was there. And then, yeah, yeah I, did a, I did a nice little trip with my son. So, that's cool. So, yeah, we enjoyed it. Um, and then I, we actually got, got a uh, so my son has a Senga jersey. Got it autographed by Senga. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's why, that's why spring training is so cool because it's so accessible. Yeah, and the guys are more pleasant to talk to. I mean, I get it. You're, you're up here. The media is all over. Uh, fans are on top of each other. It's a little more difficult. Right, there's a lot there more, more fans relaxed. here. That's what I mean. Down there, there's fewer yeah. fans. It is a lot more relaxed. The players are more accessible down there. My son even got his uh, Pena jersey autographed by Jeremy. When we went down to the Houston game. So, uh, again, he's seven years old. All he likes is all-stars. Otani, Trout, Pena, Alonzo, Judge. That's all he wants to do. I get it. I know. I get it. The big stars. Yeah, yeah. That's what he's about. But I told him, sooner or later, you're just going to have to beat Orange and Blue. 
I mean, when, you, when you're ready to make your own decisions, I better not be buying your underwear. You can move out of the house and make those shot, those shot calls on your own. Yeah, and, and told them, though, make sure you keep with the blue and orange. Thank you for the call, Big Party. We appreciate you checking in. And I appreciate you saying hi. You know, it's funny. Some people are like, uh, and I get a message on Twitter. Oh, I saw you at the airport, but I was too shy to say something. If you see me, if you see something, say something. Uh, say what's up. That's it. I like saying hi to people. Makes me feel like you, you know, you're, you're part of the show. You're listening or watching, whatever it may be. I like interacting with people. And there are a lot of, you know, I don't expect it at times, uh, although I'm starting to get used to it a little bit. But in Port St. Lucie, I just I wasn't really thinking about it. And a lot of people, hey, Sal, you know, I like the show, whatever it may be. So I appreciate that. Say hello. And it was nice to see Big Party and others down there having uh, a nice party in Port St. Lucie. I did not go to the game Saturday. That was the day where uh, Terry Collins had me over his house for dinner. What a night that was. Hanging out with TC and his wife. We had some fun. It was really a great trip. And you know what the best part about Port St. Lucie is? It is an easy-peasy two-hour flight. I was stressed about getting to the airport on time and all that stuff. But you could fly out of Newark. You could fly to JFK, LaGuardia, whatever. You're there in two hours in West Palm. For the Yankees as well, I mean, not a, not a difficult ride to Tampa. And everybody's so accessible. Maybe next year I'll do the Yankees as well. But it was an easy weekend. It was so much fun. Ken is calling from Queens. What's up, Ken? How you doing, Sal? Good morning, Ken. How are you? Steve, I would have known that in 2015 when I saw you walking on the concrete there to the World Series game, that Saturday night game. I, 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 I would have said hello to you. You weren't a big shot. Now you're a big shot, so forget I had no, no shot. No, stop it. No, come on. No, please. I love when you say <laughs> hello. Yeah. Listen, Sal. Number one, what sealed Elijah Moore's fate was when he asked to be traded, you can't do that to Joe Douglas, okay? He was embarrassed. He knew he wasn't going to trade him because what was he going to get for him, okay? So he knew he, his hands were tied. Now something good came up. He pulled the trigger. I'm even shocked that they had to give up a third-round pick to send the 22-year-old receiver to Cleveland and still have to give up their third-round pick. But I believe they're going to give maybe Green Bay their fourth round pick because they're going to use these two guys definitely on offensive line health and don't be surprised in that second round if they look for a receiver if one is still available well we gotta see before we get into all that can we have to see what they're doing or what they're giving up for Aaron Rodgers right because once we know that what they give up for Rodgers then you'll know okay well here's what they're loaded with picks wise and now they're going to build the team through the draft and hopefully find an impact player or two right now to help this already loaded team on paper. And, Sal, about a month ago, I said to you, if Green Bay and Rodgers comes here, he's going to bring his security blanket, Randall Cobb, which Mm -hmm. I still think he will be on the team. And I told you Lazard was coming. And I love Lazard. This guy is a beast, Sal. He's great in the red zone. And God knows the Jets for years have needed help in that red zone. Agreed. Garrett Wilson's the best receiver. He's the stud. Hardman's going to be the slot guy. And then Lazard is that guy in the red zone, the physical guy. And, look, they're going to probably – I mean, I would assume the Jets are going to move on from both Corey Davis and Denzel Mims and maybe but one of those. Do they get something for him? Do you think they can at least get a fifth round? Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe. But I would anticipate that maybe they bring in Randall Cobb to take over one of those spots. And then who knows yes, what the other. Sure. Yeah. And, Sal, listen to this. 
People are forgetting Mr. Hartman, who I also love from Kansas City. Mm -hmm. He returns kicks and punts, yep. and he takes over Berrios' job, and he's more electric than Berrios will ever be in his lifetime. Yeah, the Jets can, as you know, and you should be excited about it. I hear the excitement in your voice, and thank you for the call. Good to hear from you, as always. The Jets have upgraded their receiving core. There's no, I mean, it's, it's factual. I mean, they've already, and I don't believe that they're done yet. Think about all the pieces that are being put in place around Aaron Rodgers. A defense that was already a solid, good defense. You know, I want to say great. I think it was a little overrated. But they were a good defense last year. You hope they could take the next step this year. And now the offense, you look around. Now, look, they need. you want the offensive line to be better. You got to be able to run the football. Those are keys, but the passing game right now should be should be pretty set with the wide receivers that they have and Rodgers in play. And I do think running the football is going to be they'll be fine there too. But you just worry a little bit about the offensive line, and then defensively. I mean, look, like I said, you just you need to take a little bit of a one more step from where they were a year ago. They are loaded though. 877-337-6666 is the number call. Get back to your calls on the other side. Marco Belletti joins us right now. Did I tell you about my trip, spring training? No, I've been waiting to hear about this. I saw the sweatshirt. I saw the picture with you and oh, Buck. Oh, me and Buck, yeah. I know you made uh, some TV appearances on SNY with Terry Collins. Yes. I did see that. So I went down there Friday night, went to the game, whatever, um, and then afterward went out for some drinks with Terry Collins. He's like, where you at? I went to sushi by myself because I was starving. So I left. I was actually online going to get chicken fingers and fries, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. Let me get out of here. I'll go get some dinner on my own. Mm. Somebody recommended a sushi spot, so that's what I did. Terry Collins called just as I was done. Where you at, big guy? <laughs> Came and picked me up, and then we went to a restaurant to hang out, had a couple of drinks. Todd Zeal ends up showing up there with his wife. We John Harper met us out. Anyway, so that Look was... At you. Yeah, th this was Friday night. Just getting started. Saturday was the day Terry invited me over to his house for dinner. So he called me in the morning. All right, what's up? I'll pick you up around 6 tonight. Picks me up, 6, go to his house. I get whatever bottle of wine in the hotel lobby. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a car. He, basically, Terry Collins my chauffeur this weekend. So I we get, shouldn't get the little bottles from yeah, the, uh, the yeah, right. <laughs> this is all they had. I bring like six of them in there. No, so I got a, a normal bottle of wine, and you know he picked me up. They showed me around the neighborhood. Dude, Khalil Mack lives in the area in Port St. Lucie. Hmm. It, the, the house I can't even call the house. It's like I can't even describe to you. He's like, yeah, it's Khalil Max. It's it's like a billion houses put together. That's how big this lot is. It looks ridiculous, like an industrial building. Anyway, show me around the neighborhood a little bit. Then we go to dinner. Me, Terry, and his wife. Now, I mean, that could be a little awkward, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'm I mean, like, I, I, I mean, mean, I never hung out with him before until this weekend. I was going to say, I don't know your relationship with Terry Collins. I, well, now know. it's great, but like at the time, <laughs> it's like. I don't know. It's a little nerve-wracking. I'm on my own going to his house, but he was great. Uh, the wine helped loosen me up a little bit. As we got to there, he cooked steaks on the grill. We had a little steak, some mashed potatoes. Wow, I cooked for you, too. Wow. Me, Terry, and his wife just hanging out at the dinner table, talking. You know, some old-school baseball comes up, life things come up, whatever. It was great. Huh. 
And then, um, uh, I don't know if I pushed it with the questions, but we were talking about uh, <laughs> 2015 and Matt Harvey. And he's like, all right, you know, it's, uh, you ready to go now? And then he took me home. Um, <laughs> right, get the hell out of my house. So, and this is where it gets good now. So, I mean, that was great, too. The next day, he calls me in the morning. Uh, actually, no, he was going to the game. So, I wanted to go to the game early. I had to meet Buck on Sunday morning. 10.30, I had to be there at 11, hanging out in the clubhouse, whatever, waiting for the meeting with Buck, Buck in the media scrum. Then he shakes free, and eventually, you know, Ethan uh, of the Mets PR kind of introduces me to Buck. And we're, it, it was, mm-hmm. now again, I don't really like, you know, I play it up here on the air, like, Mary Buckman's all that stuff, we have fun. It's it's not comfortable for me. Yeah. And also, I know, like, what do you think's going to come of this? What am I going to ask you? Hey, Buck, uh, you know, what do you really think of, you know, uh, Francisco Alvarez? <laughs> Is he going to make the team? Hey, tell me, do you think uh, Vogelback sucks too? <laughs> How do you keep him on this team? I mean, hey, Terry, uh, uh, excuse me. Hey, Buck, what happened last year with the club? Like anything that I would have asked would have been about last year. And I think it's time to move on from last year. Yes. So the NLE stuff didn't come up, like none of that. So we were just, you know, I said, uh, thanks for taking the time. How you feeling? And, you know, whatever, go into it. Well, me personally or the team? I was like, nah, the team. We go into scheduling stuff. You know, he loves the schedule about what they should do and balance schedules and talked about the Diamondbacks. He said that was the hardest he ever had to work when he got hired with the Diamondbacks. Because I was saying that's when I became a fan after you left the Yankees in 98. And then he said, no, 96. Six, yeah. Right. So he got, because I forgot that yeah. obviously it was an expansion. They made a build that thing up. All the way down to the colors of the uniforms. Yeah. 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 Right. Which he did an excellent job doing. And then, you know, so whatever. We talked about that a little bit. We were just BSing. It was pretty cool. And then at the end of it, I go, all right, I don't want to take up any of your time here. Uh, and I go to shake his hand. I go, Mary Buckmas. And that's when he started laughing. And he's like, I hear you yelling at or whatever. And, and looked at the hoodie that I was wearing. He's like, ah, like he was made it like he saw the hoodie, but he didn't want to acknowledge it because it's like, I don't know, probably makes him feel a certain I'm, way. I'm a little surprised. I thought he was going to give you a couple of shots, like just, you know, dry humor buck stuff towards the end where, you know, maybe kind of get in a few licks before you walk away from him. Yeah, no, he it was all like, he huh. was very, once I said the Mary Bachmas, I think he appreciated the support. Remember, I mean, I was front and center here doing middays at the time, begging the Mets to hire him. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if you heard those things specifically, but I've been kissing his rear end ever since. So <laughs> I think he was appreciative uh, of it. Now, Terry calls me. Uh, the meeting is over. We're getting ready to watch the game. Terry's like, where are you at? I'm sitting behind on play at Section 10. I'm like, all right, I'll come, come over there. Sit with him. We're about to watch the game. He's taking me through what he's going through as a scout now for the Marlins, right? Essentially, that's what he's hired to do. So we're like looking okay. at the game. And who comes over? Billy Epler comes over to introduce himself to Terry. And then I introduce myself to him. And then the entire game, it's me, Terry Collins, and Billy Epler watching the game, BSing. Talking baseball through the whole thing? Yeah. Well, most of it. And with Epler, I was peppering to a point where he's like, I'm like, oh, don't worry. Like, this is off the record. And he, you could tell he was like hesitant to even trust me at first. You know, probably heard me taking some shots at him last year. I felt bad because I'm not going to take shots at Steve Cohen, and I'm not going to rip Buck, who I love. So then, who's going to get the ball? <laughs> Somebody got to get a straight. Yeah, somebody's gonna, exactly. <laughs> somebody's going to get the fill the wrath at some point. I mean, you did blow the division, so it was Billy Epler. But I don't know how much of he he knew of me or whatever. But I'll tell you, and both Terry and I said the same thing. We could not be more impressed with uh, anything Epler had to say, and I don't think there's anybody better for that job coming from the Yankees organization. Remember, dealing with all that pressure, learning under right. Cashman and, and Steinbrenner and all those years mm-hmm. 
to now be back in New York and working under a, a, an owner who also is spending a ton of money and having those demands. But yeah, just I mean, it was that, that was my weekend. That's pretty impressive. I, right? I, all that sounds awesome. I'm not one to be overly envious of people, but that whole weekend that I'm envious about. I mean, eating the steaks with Terry Collins, just learning some of the just the intricacies of baseball. I love the stories. I, I've told you a million times. Honestly, with Buck, I don't know if I would be able to get more out of than Buck. Just tell me a story. Right. Like I feel like a little right. kid in front of like the fire. Like right. what put do you me got to sleep, Buck. Like you just <laughs> tell me something. <laughs> tell me a nice little story before Christmas. I'll drive some milk and yeah. I'll go to bed. Like that's yeah. that's what I feel like whenever you talk to Buck Showalter. The idea of talking to Buck Showalter. So I'm a little envious that you got a chance to to talk to him. Well, it was honestly I did not know what to expect. I was a little nervous going in, whether the logistics of it or whatever it may be. But it turned out. I could not have had a more productive slash perfect trip, especially with Epler. You know, I saw TC and hung out with him every time, every day, meeting Buck and then Epler. Like, oh, dude, it was, I mean. See, you know what comes out of this? You're a big star. I mean, that's what comes out of this. You're a much bigger star than you realize. All right, you want to hear something that's going to make you sick right now? Okay. I signed at least five items with... Terry, I legit, people are like, hey, Terry, you know, Terry's like the mayor down there, and people are just getting him to sign the baseballs and all that stuff, and then a few of the people were like, Sal, can you sign this too? And I'm like, you want my <laughs> autograph on a ball that Terry Collins just signed? Don't do that. Believe me. Oh, let's take a picture or something. I don't even want to, <laughs> like, no, 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 sign it. Two hats and three baseballs I signed. With Terry Collins? Or- yes! I'm like, why are you doing that? Why? Don't put my name on it. Even Epler got in got in on some of them. Now, Sal, I say this. Yeah, the, come on. You know, I, know I love you. No, but come on. They're devaluing. You kind of ruined the idea ah. of, you know, you want to sign something with, with your name? I'm I'm all for it. You got to sign separately. That that That's, you can't be well, with they, Terry Collins. Like, it doesn't hat. make sense. They had a hat in the box. So I told them that. Yeah, that that's a bad job out of whoever. The selfies one, I'm like, trust me, don't do this. You don't. <laughs> are you sure? I swear I said that. Five, you sure you want to do this? Anyway, but that was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, going down there and, and uh, having people say that they listen or watch, it was it was fun. Great experience. Now, I will ask this. So when is Epler going to hang out with us at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning? When's he coming in? Uh, soon? I don't know if that's going to happen. Should I put my good flannel on? You know, I tried to get him I tried to get him on baseball night in New York. I don't even know if that's going to happen. Imagine me telling him, hey, Billy, you know what? Uh, after one of the West Coast trips, you want to come? Or, well, this or- is, yeah, nice to relax. He could come in and hang out. I mean, there's no traffic. He could park right in front. He doesn't worry about makeup or anything like that with TV. There's no time limit on the hit. We can open it up. We You can open yeah. it up and <laughs> talking about it, but you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm curious. There is something, though, Marco, to what you said, like just talking baseball with these guys who have been around the game their whole lives, it's like that's the appeal, right? Hanging out, even just hanging out at the baseball game, just BSing about whatever. You know, I, I've said this, and I love talking baseball. The idea, I mean, baseball's got like all the best chatter and all the best yeah. whatever and all the stories and all that stuff. It just does. It just, it, it lends itself to the long stories and fun and all that kind of stuff. When you get around lifers, not guys like you and I who've watched it our whole lives and been around it, but not played, not been mm-hmm. involved, not, you know, major league caliber. You get around a lifer and you hear some of the little stories and the intricacies and some of the little stuff and you realize how much of this game, you can watch it until the day you die. Yeah. You will never truly understand right. all the things that these guys know and live and breathe and, and sleep and understand it. 
to me, that's the cool stuff. Oh, the so little cool. intricacies, the little things. I mean, you'll see things that you see the way he's pointing his toe. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't notice the way. He was, like, <laughs> right. like, no, I have no freaking right. idea what you're talking about. But yeah, those are the things that that's what I'm envious about. Just sit there and watch a game for like nine innings and coming up with all the different. I mean, just stupid things that they see that's automatic right. for them that we'll never notice. That's the stuff I love. Right. And guy hits a, a home run. I'm like, oh, fastball. He's like, no, slider. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you idiot. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.